0: Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, men, welcome to day four. We are in our fourth lesson about weathering the storm. Uh, This is God-Centered Men's Recovery Show, and this is a show dedicated to Christian men inside of recovery who want to live an awesome, spirit-filled life, so that's you. Uh, you've definitely come to the right place. So we're going to do a brief recap, and then we're going to dive right into our topic. So the recap is this, is that um, Jesus sends his disciples out after the storm. And that is that they were, uh, they gone through some difficulty. Uh, They learned what it was like on the mountaintop experience of having uh, everything go well for them and seeing miracles and just being... uh, present why all these amazing things that are happening. And uh, then they went down into the storm where they experienced uh, major difficulty, distress, agitation, discouragement. And they were led through that experience. And thereafter, uh, they were entrusted uh, with the message and to go forth and to uh, spread the gospel and be empowered by the Spirit of God. So that's really important. So the, uh, the disciples were sent out after the storm. It was the Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. And that is, it was a time of preparation. It was a time of facing uh, demons, if you will. It was a time of overcoming the temptation uh, that was there present. And all of these things is what, uh, what helped Jesus afterwards to return in the power of the Spirit. Understanding this, the disciples were not going to be sent out. Until they went through the storm, and Jesus didn't even start his public ministry until he thoroughly went to the dark place of the soul into the wilderness uh, to be tempted by the devil and come out uh, uh, victoriously over that and return in the power of the Spirit. So, these examples show us one of the main reasons for the storm is for us to be weathered, weathered. and that is for us to be battle-born and tested. Uh, we don't know how a thing operates until it undergoes uh, a process of being used, right? Now, we could have a, let's say a gun, for example, and say this is how the gun works. This is, you know, everything about the gun, the specs and all of these different things. But the reality is, is when it comes to combat, does it jam, right? Uh, does it work? And so that is the analogy here is that, you know, inside of our own lives, we we get filled with, you know, this knowledge and a lot of it doesn't really have any application inside of smooth weather, right? It's easy to trust God when everything is going well. It's easy to trust God when everything is going your way and everything's all peachy keen, right? But the lessons uh, really manifest in the dark moments and that it's going through these storms It actually reveals um, if we got the lesson down or not, or we need to revisit this uh, this subject, right? So, Jesus, 30 years of preparation. And that is he didn't start his public ministry until he was 30. Uh, So 30 years of his life uh, was spent learning, uh, working, Educating himself, um, just living life in a normal fashion, and taking in all the lessons uh, that were given to him. And that preparation was for three years of service, okay? And so that we see that life is 90% of preparation and 10% uh, of service. Uh, we see that manifested in Jesus' life. And the last point that I wanna recap is that we are all in a hero's journey and that is, in this journey, there is a uh, time of suffering, fear. Uh, in every hero's story, there is a time when the hero is in the pit, right? And that is, everything has come against them, the challenge is super big, and the hero doesn't really know what they are going to do. Now, during this moment, some people count them out and say, you know what? it's uh, done for, this is, uh, this is not going to happen. But as we know, the, the hero's journey, that's not the way the story works. The hero's journey is much like uh, uh, the phoenix rising out of the ashes, right? And that is that it goes down into the depths, into the pit, and all these different things, into the storm, and then comes out, rises triumphantly, victoriously over that situation. And this is all the journey that we are called to walk in and to call to live. We are not called to get beat by the storms. We are not called to uh, uh, be overcome and destroyed inside of these situations. We are called to rise victoriously over them. So Luke 8.22 says this. We're still talking about going through uh, the storm and coming out the other side. And once we thoroughly uh, set the foundation, then we'll move on. Now, it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. What I want to really uh, thoroughly see here is uh, a couple different things. But the first one is the um, uh, Jesus said to the disciples, let us uh, do something. Let us go to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So inside of here, we see a yieldedness and that is really the purpose and intention of, of the relationship is for us to begin to yield to the process, right? Yield and submit to the process. And these disciples were in that place where Jesus said something and they yielded. Now I find this to be very important inside of our lives because there are things that we face and if we are listening, um, God will speak to us in some way or fashion, right? Uh, speak to us through, through a book, uh, through the word, something we read, another person might speak uh, some sort of word of encouragement into our life, it might happen at church, it might happen in all these different ways, it, it could come to pass. But the fact is, is that he, he does speak and guiltiness uh, is part of the process. Now, they yielded and Jesus took them into the storm. Okay, and that is that it's not always uh, P.G. King. We have this uh, concept of easy believism. That is if we come down to an altar or if they even have those anymore. I don't know. Uh, But we say some magic words and that uh, that, you know, incantation or or those magic words are supposed to uh, do something miraculous inside of our lives and we've come to believe in something that's just kind of uh, uh, very wishy-washy, easy believism, and we say the right words, and poof, and everything is okay. Not understanding that the disciples in this process were yielded to Jesus, and Jesus took them into the storm. That means he took them into places that they really didn't want to go. Now, this is uh, contrary to popular opinion, Um, This is what Jesus does, right? Now, I know that you may have heard a message that uh, Jesus uh, will take away all your problems and you uh, magically make everything better and all of these different things. But this doesn't pan, pan out inside of the biblical narrative. And that is that this nothing required gospel That is, you know, say the magic words and everything will be okay and your life will be peachy keen and and you'll walk on cloud nine and you'll enjoy all these mountaintop experiences and you'll know nothing about the darkness or the storms. And the reality is, is that Jesus was quite different. Uh, I don't see that mindset inside of the gospel. In fact, I've seen him multiple different times begin to discourage people from following him. And that is that um, he was very uh, blunt and to the point. He said a couple of things. Uh, actually, he said a lot of things. I think I'm gonna write a book about him, all the mean things that Jesus said. But the first one that comes to mind in this conversation is that um, he called certain men unfit for the kingdom of God. And he said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, that you're unfit for the kingdom of God, That you cannot be my disciples. And so within that statement is a very um, non-inclusion. That is that if you are going to look back, if you're going to look back into the world and say, you know what, I, I want I want that back in my life. I want that addiction. I want that lust. I want to begin to go back there. Okay. And he says that you are unfit. You are excluded that you can't, can't. You do not have the ability to be his disciples. Now we don't really hear that much in religious circles today. What we hear is you know, uh, just say the magic words and everything will be okay. When reality, discipleship is all about putting your hand to the plow and going all in. Now it's one thing that I that I'm amazed with Jesus, the commitment that he put as the standard. Okay, he didn't put wishy-washy commitment as the standard. He didn't say, you know what, you can come and go as you please, and and you can, uh, you know, entangle yourself with all of the affairs of uh, uh, of your life, and you could keep your job as a fisherman, and you could do all these things, and, and that's something that Jesus never said. In fact, you know, the culture and the mindset in that day is that if you were to disciple somebody, they were going to go all in. And that is that they were going to you know, uh, uh, separate from all the worldly focuses and that they were going to go all in commitment with this. Uh, we somehow think that uh, that, uh, that kind of commitment, uh, that kind of all in uh, personality or, or thing is not required anymore. And what has happened is a wishy-washy gospel with a, a, a commitment that is severely lacking. And what they do is that they shift into how committed God is to you and how much he loves you and how much you should just focus on how good he is and, and, and don't focus on your commitment level and how good you are to him in these things. And what it is, is a diversion. And what it creates is the idea that your commitment and your faithfulness and your love for him is not really that much required. And it gets our focus to shift away. And Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple. That's crazy. Another one, he said that, uh, that some people were good for nothing. Wow, that sounds really mean, right? So one is that you're unfit and you can't be his disciple. and another one is that you're you're um, good for nothing. Like I don't think Jesus got the memo about the positive mindset. Uh, that the world system hammer has right let's just be positive. Let's just speak all this fluff over one another and blah 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 Right, but what he said he said let your light so shine right and you are the salt of the earth And if the salt has lost its flavor It is good for nothing and it is only good to be trampled under the feet of men Now this is an analogy of us. We are the salt and we are the light but if we lose our flavor and that is, is that we, we we lose our potency, right? And that is that we become weak and deteriorate and no longer strong and no longer passionate. says, it's henceforth good for nothing. And so within uh, the gospel is the harsh sayings of Jesus. And thoughts of, of, of there are things that are required. It requires all-in commitment And you don't want to be the the person that is defined that cannot be his disciples or or that is useless and good for nothing. And the last one that I just want to talk about here, there are hundreds of them. But I was just going to focus on these three to give us the real meat of of, um, to take us away from this easy believism gospel. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will. And so within this is is the idea of uh, application is putting into practice the good things that uh, you claim to believe and all of those things uh, begin to mirror to us an understanding that um, that it's not all about these magic words. It's not about all this easy life. It is about application. It is about making sure that your life is potent. And it is all about making sure that you put your, your hand to the plow and go all in with Jesus. And that is clear uh, from what Jesus talked about. So we have to uh, look at the storm, uh, the situations that can come against us and say, you know what? I'm going to go through those things. So Through. It is a function word to indicate movement from one side to the other. And it means by the agency and because of. Now I thoroughly stressed in the last video is that they were sent out and they seen even more miracles and resurrection from the dead and healings and all of these different things because they went through the storm and it's because they went through the storm because they went through that process. So through is a channel in which a current flows from point A to point B. And what I like to give this analogy is that to get beyond the storm, to get to point B, we have to go through the storm. Okay. And this is the way the, the, the Bible gives us the equation. You start at point A and you want to go to point B. The only way to point B is through the storm. And that is through the resistance. So Jesus wanted to go from where he was to return in the power of the spirit. And the only way to do that was through the wilderness experience, the children of Israel, they wanted to go from slavery and oppression to the promised land. Now, the only way to do that was to go through the red sea and go through the wilderness experience and get to the promised land. So everything inside of the Bible is a through process. And what we want is that we just want to be at point B, right? We want to be in the promised land. We want to experience the abundance. We want to uh, see the miracles. We want to do the, all of these things. Not understanding that the storm is the process to those things. And what begins to happen is automatic resistance, right? And this plays out inside of our life in every way that I can think of. Because uh, in our family, faith, fitness and finances, any sort of success is going going to have to go through resistance. And resistance means that we're going to have to rise up. We're going to have to stand in our authority. We're going to have to face those things. We're going to have to face uh, the conflict, face the resistance, and go through it to get to the other side. And that is that if we want the body that we want, it's going to come through resistance, right? And so if we want the marriage we want, it's going to have to come through resistance. And that is rising up and facing that resistance and going through. Psalm seventy-eight thirteen says this. He divided the sea, speaking, "He God," and He caused them to pass through. If you're listening to me, say, "Pass through, pass through." And He made the waters to stand as a heap. And what this is is a story that is uh, recalled about the time when God caused them to pass through the Red Sea. And so he is the kind of God that causes us to pass through. He's not the kind of God that co- plucks us out, okay? Now, it's important to understand the difference between the two. Now, to pluck out means that, uh, that you, uh, let's put it in a, in a parenting term, okay? that you're a very codependent parent and you don't allow your kids to uh, go through any challenges or suffer in any way or fashion. And what you do is that you step in and you rescue them from the challenge so they don't experience the negativity, okay? And this is the mindset that we put upon God, that he is some kind of this weird uh, codependent savior, that he's going to come and rescue us uh, from any form of challenge whatsoever, and that he is going to keep us from experiencing pain. As we know from reality, God just, just simply doesn't operate in this fashion whatsoever. Okay. And so that is the mindset of pluck out. And this is the mindset that's being propagated all over the world today and kind of all over religious buildings, that God is this codependent rescuer, that he's going to pluck you out of all of your difficulties, and, he, and he's highly concerned about your comfort, and he's going to make sure that you are comfortable and that you're well cared for and all of these different things. And what happens is that, that people put these kind of expectations on God, and obviously he doesn't follow through with your whims or wishes, right? And then so these kind of people I know, they begin to fall away because guess what? God doesn't meet your expectations in those fashions. And all of a sudden that you don't believe like you used to because you you set expectations upon God that he is simply not going to do. Okay, so he is the one that brings us through the storm and not plucks us out. So if you look at the different situations inside these biblical characters, you will find that God always brought them through the situation. He never actually plucked them out. And that is that the the Israel was inside of the wilderness. He didn't pluck them out. He actually led them there. Okay, and that we look inside the book of Daniel. And Daniel he was in the lion's den. Okay, and he had to go through it. And we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow to the world and its systems. Right, and they had to go through the fire. And I can go on and on and on about the heroes of faith, but one thing is certain, one thing is sure, that they did not get plucked out or rescued. They they went through the situation with the strength and the power of God operating inside of their lives. And so we have no expectation to be rescued or delivered from a storm. There's no expectation of being plucked out. We are going through these things. We are going through these troubles. And so he is the God that causes us to pass through. And so take this on a personal level. We look at our lives and say, you know what? Um, there's many things that I'm going through right now. And what I want to thoroughly point out there is the word going through. And that, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to stay in that state and situation. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. <clears throat> Acts 14.22 says this confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that you must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. So here they are in this situation. The kingdom of God is over here and they're saying uh, they're saying to the disciples and encouraging them in the faith and giving them a dose of reality. And that is here's your clue. That there is going to be trouble. There's going to be pain. There's going to be tribulation and that we must, must, okay, as a requirement and as a necessity, go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said this in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Another writer said that many, many say, many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh man. What kind of encouragement is that? You're telling me that uh, I'm going to face tribulation, Jesus said. And another uh, biblical writer said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And then another uh, person said, which I believe was Jesus, is that you will be persecuted for righteousness' sake. So we have all of these scriptures telling us that we're guaranteed to face some tribulation, uh, that we're going to face afflictions. And that we're going to face persecutions, yet we come to a message and a gospel that says um, that come to Jesus and he's going to make your life better. Okay, And the reality is is that um, Jesus didn't adopt the positive mindset that we have in the world today. He just simply didn't. Uh, He gave people the truth. He set their expectations accordingly. And he said, you could thoroughly expect to be persecuted for my name's sake. And you could thoroughly expect that there to be tribulation upon this earth. But inside that reality, he gave, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And knowing and understanding this, that we are going to face difficulties, but we are going to go through that through the comfort and the empowerment of the spirit of God that's operating inside of our lives. One thing's for sure. We are in this human experience and within that human experience there's going to be a lot of pain and that is you are almost guaranteed to lose a loved one. You're going to bury your parents one day and these harsh realities about this existence on this earth. No amount of burying our head in the sand is going to stop them from taking place. They are going to happen. And so understanding this is that expectation level, uh, especially when it comes to God, is is highly important. And that is that if you think that God is going to limit you from experiencing that, you are setting an expectation upon God that he's just simply not going to follow through with and that is you are going to probably lose a loved one. You're going to hurt yourself in some way. You're going to do you know, all of these different things that are part of this existence, and um, knowing and understanding that is key. Jesus told Peter this. Like, this is so mean, okay? Um, from a worldly perspective, if you don't thoroughly understand uh, the mindset of Jesus, this could be perceived as very mean. But he told uh, Peter that he was going to die for his faith and that he carried himself wherever he wanted inside of this life. But at the end, people, somebody was going to carry him somewhere. He didn't really want to go and that he, he, he was speaking of his death. So here's the reality. Okay. That Jesus could have came to him with this fluffy, uh, positive message of, you know, all of these different things. But instead, he set his expectation level into reality. And you know what Peter can look forward to in his near future? His death by being killed. Like, this is mean. Oh my gosh, this is mean, right? But this is the way our Savior operates. He operates inside of reality, and he operates setting our expectation level accordingly. Okay? And I find that to be a a, a wonderful thing because I don't want the, the positivity that the world gives, right? I don't, you know, they they said that when peace and safety happens, you should, uh, when they're crying peace and safety, we should thoroughly watch out because sudden destruction is coming. And that is the world is is talking about staying positive, staying positive while, you know, everything is is just be uh, of this happy mindset and, and all of these different things, not understanding that what we actually really need is a dose of reality, uh, much like Jesus gave to Peter, and set our uh, uh, expectations accordingly, okay? So, tribulation, must enter much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. Next one, uh, this is one of my personal favorites, uh, Psalms 23, four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, this is the reality of negative experiences of things that begin to happen to us. And this is called the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, this is not the mountaintop. This is a valley. Uh, this is a situation that has come upon you that is not very favorable. You don't really want it to take place, and you're walking through it. Once again, is that key word through is that is this is a temporary state and condition. And I am going through this situation to get to the other side. And that is that we we don't camp in the valley of the shadow of death. We don't build our home in the valley of the shadow of death. this is what men do. They face a storm and they face a situation. Instead of going through it, they decide to build their lives there. And this was just a temporary situation that you were meant to go through. And that is, is that if you've lost someone, if you experienced a lot of pain, if you had negative adverse childhood experiences or whatever situation of pain that has come upon your life, Uh, The purpose and intention was for you to go through that and begin to go to the other side and like the phoenix, rise to the top of the situation and begin to triumph victoriously over it. But uh, men have decided to do something else inside of this valley. And that is they allowed themselves to be consumed by the pain. And they decide to live there and camp out there and get filled with self-pity and all of these different things that take place inside of their lives. And within this reality comes the sedation, is that I am going to sedate inside of the situation. And that is, I'm going to use substances, I'm going to find something to comfort me inside of this dark place. And this is where all addictions and everything and all the dysfunction takes root. It takes root because we decide that we are not going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are going to build and encamp and make our lives that reality. And this is a sad state and condition. You know, we are we are called to walk through these things. Not to be overcome and destroyed by them. So, I want you to look at your family, faith, fitness and finance and look at it and say, you know what, what area do I have the most resistance? Uh, What area of my life is the most uh, dissatisfied area of my life and ask yourselves, are you, are you willing to go through the situation? Or do you like all the benefits that that situation gives you? There's a lot of benefits to dysfunction and they become comfortable. It's uh, predictable, it's stability and all of these different things. And we got to ask ourselves: are we really willing to walk through? Now it is a God and the Spirit of God that causes them to walk through. And the reality is, is once we have the expectation level that we are going to go through this situation, we can begin to reach out for the comfort and the power of God to begin to operate inside of our lives. And that is key to success in getting out of these situations. All right, brothers, I will see you again tomorrow. Peace.